Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Well, give somebody a high five, tell them they look good in church, and you can be seated in the house of the living God. I heard it's going to be like 100 degrees today again, so we got that going for us. Praise the Lord. Open your Bible to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter number 12. Book of Acts chapter number 12. I'm going to read one scripture over you though. Genesis 14, 16. Uh, this is a series we've been in for the bulk of the summer. We called the 318 Pursuit. We called it the 318 Pursuit because Abram had all of his family and his stuff stolen or a lot of his family and his stuff stolen and he took 318 people and he went and got it all back. Somebody say, get it all back. The Bible says in Genesis 14, 16, that he brought back all the goods. He brought back his brother Lot, all of his goods and the ladies and all the other people too. In other words, we've spent the summer talking about how it is God's will for you to receive back what has been stolen from you. Let me give you some examples. Your peace may have been stolen from you. Your, your, your ability to just knee-jerk love may have been stolen from you. Uh, your ability to uh, uh, believe God uh, above everything else. It might have been stolen from you because of an event or an experience. Maybe something in your life has triggered something else to be there. But the Bible says that Abram went and he pursued the enemy and the Bible says they got everything back. But they didn't just get the stuff. They also got the people back. In your life, there are people that are not living for God that are very close to you. It's important when, when you find out about somebody that's not living for the Lord, but it's like this whole other scale of important when you find out that somebody that you really care about is not living for God. Can I get an amen? In other words, we care about everybody, but man, when it's in your house, when it's your children, when it's your son, when it's your daughter, when it's your grandchild, when it's your, your, your neighbor, your neighbor's kids, when it's somebody that's, that's really close to you, it's imperative to know that God doesn't just want you to get your stuff back. That's part of it. But he also wants you to get those loved ones back. He wants those people who are important to you, he wants them living for him. He wants their destiny coming to pass. He wants the will of God for their life just like he wants the will of God for your life. And before it's over, the will of God will be done in their life just like he's done it in your life. Somebody say this. Say, I believe my whole family is going to serve God in Jesus' name. That's step one. You just begin to believe what God says. You believe that you and your whole house, you say, you don't understand my house. My house is crazy. Let me tell you something. Yes, your house is crazy. And if you don't think your house is crazy, you're the crazy one in your house. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> but everybody's house is crazy. Everybody's family is, is like cake. Only problem is it's like fruit cake. It's filled with nuts and flakes. The question is, 
when you decided to serve God because the power of God exposed you to the goodness of Christ, when you gave your heart to God, you were in the same condition that the people who are not living for God now were, are in. The difference is it happened for you and the Bible says God is no respecter of persons, which means if he'll do it for you, then praise God, he'll do it for your family too. Give God a big hand of praise in the house. Acts chapter number 12, verse number 1. Acts 12, verse number 1. It came to pass, now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, he had killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. He had him executed. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he uh, proceeded further to arrest Peter, to take Peter. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put Peter in prison and delivered him to four quaternions. Everybody say quaternions. Another one of those words we never use anymore. It just means four soldiers. Uh, four, four soldiers, four groups of four soldiers, of soldiers to come to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So the Bible says that Herod began to vex the church. He began to really try to do harm to the body of Christ. And one guy was executed and he saw that everybody that was against Jesus really liked the fact that this guy was executed. So what they did is, well, I'll tell you what, since the people liked it so much, I'm going to go a little further. In other words, the devil is never satisfied with just a little bit. The minute that the devil takes a little bit, let me tell you what he wants to do. He wants to take the rest of it. You ever had that old, heard that old saying, give him an inch, he'll take a mile? That, that's the entire plan of the enemy is to get you just a little bit off track. Because the moment you're a little bit off track, if you take a ship and you decide, I'm going to sail my ship directly across the ocean and I'm going to land uh, somewhere uh, in Spain and you just get 10 degrees off, you're not just going to miss Spain. You might miss Africa. You might miss Europe if you're going to. You could miss anything because just a little bit off track, if you begin to take that thing out as as far as it'll go, you'll be miles and miles and miles away from where God would want you to be because the devil's plan for your life is to try to get you just a little bit off track. Because when he gets you a little bit off track, then he can try to get you the rest of the way. The Bible said Herod began to vex the church. Everybody say vex. It just literally means he tried to do harm against the church. In 2017, there's a lot of uh, entities and, and things that are, that are really trying to do harm to the church. And, and, and I'm not going to hit this long, but I do want to mention it. There's a big difference between weakness and wickedness. Somebody say amen. There's a big difference between weakness and wickedness. Weakness, when, when the righteous fall uh, seven times, we just get back up. Praise the Lord. But there are people that, that, are, that are out to harm the body of Christ. And I don't mean just New Heights Church. I'm talking about the church in general. And what happens is, is they see that it pleases certain people and then it becomes like a forest fire where they're just continuing to do different things. And, 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 and a little bit's never enough. So it'll start out with, you know what, we just don't like churches that are this way. And before you know it, it'll be like, well, we just don't like churches at all and all Christians are hypocrites and all these other nonsense things that people say. And before you know it, it's a, it's a blatant attack against Christianity. Let, let me give you an example of how the devil sneaks in because it's, it's real subtle. Uh, he's very cunning. He, he sneaks in like a, like a little snake would. That's why he's seen in, in, in the book of Genesis as a snake. He'll just kind of slither in and, and try to come in. But, but think of a movie, any movie you want. 
You go to the movie and, and maybe it's a comedy and, and, and sometimes you'll see a scene where it's like a church service that's happening. And, and there'll be, you know, maybe there's a choir in, in, on, in the church service and there'll be something that is just making fun of the church. There'll be something like, maybe they'll be, maybe uh, it'll be, they'll be depicting people lifting their hands and they'll try to paint them out like they're crazy. You know what I'm saying? They'll always try to make them out like, and what they're doing is they're trying to vex the church. Now they might not know that they're doing that, but they're trying to cause harm to the church because here's the thing, all that stuff uh, uh, eventually will be tolerated by the people who are watching it. And when it is tolerated, the next thing, anything that you will tolerate, eventually you will celebrate you see what i'm saying so what happens is is herod he's sitting there trying to vex the church and people he's just tolerating the fact that it's happening then all of a sudden he sees that it pleases the people now it becomes celebrated he said well i killed one bless god let's kill another one all of a sudden what was tolerated is celebrated and it caused it to go to another level you have to recognize there is a distinct difference between weakness and wickedness Anything that is against the body of Christ does not belong in our homes. Somebody give me a great big amen. If it's against the body of Christ, it's not in our home. If they're making fun of Christians, if they're making fun of the people of God, if they're making fun of, bless, if they're making fun of preachers, if they're making fun of men and women of God, it's not funny. It's not, I'm telling you, it's one of the most dangerous things you can do to try to come against the body of Christ. The Bible says this, the gates of hell itself will not stand against the body of Christ. The gates of hell itself and the body of Christ, the church, it's not a building. This is a wonderful building. I thank God for it, but it's not a building. The church is you and me, those who are blood-bought, those that are washed in the blood of the Lamb, those who have been redeemed. So when somebody, listen, I don't even care if they're right. If they're talking about the church, listen, we're not into pointing out bad apples. We're into finding all the good apples, praise the Lord. So the Herod, he was literally just vexing the church. He was coming against the, the people of God, the things of God. And he saw that, oh, it started to cause this uproar and this stir and all of a sudden this inertia. And, and here, here's how it happens. And I'll get off of it in just a minute. But here's how it happens. You're in a room and somebody says, you know what? I just don't like that preacher. They're like this, like this. And then somebody else goes, you know what? You're right. And I tell you what, there's this other preacher like this. Oh, then this preacher like this. Then, oh, you know what? That's somebody, that holy roller at church. They're just a hypocrite. And you know old Susie over there? She's over there in the cubicle and she's always talking about praying but I heard her cuss somebody out in traffic the other day and before you know it everybody's talking and it just turns into this big uh, snowball nobody ever wanted it to be a snowball but it just snowballs instead of somebody saying I tell you what Susie might have cussed somebody out in traffic but praise the Lord I'm going to pray for Susie and I'm going to pray for me that I don't cuss anybody out when the body of Christ starts acting like Christ that's when revival hits when Christians start trying to act like, you've got to be here next week. Bump your neighbor and say next week. You've got to be here. I'm starting a new series. I'm calling it Love the World. Because here's the situation. Here's what we do as Christians. And I'm in the same boat. I've said some of this exact same stuff. I am so sick of the world. It is just so stained with sin. It is just, uh, I tell you, it's just so, the world and, and secular life is just so hard. And I tell you, I'm just under attack all the time. And God's Bible says, for God so loved 
the world. He's sitting over here saying, I am madly in love with what you are complaining about. And I love it so much that I gave my only son in hopes that they would accept him and be saved. And all you're doing is complaining. When Christians start acting like Jesus and we say, I'm just going to love them. I'm not condoning it. I'm not agreeing with it. But I'm going to love them because if God loved the world so much to give his only son, then in Jesus' name, I'm going to love the world too. Somebody give God a big strong hand of praise. Don't miss next week. We're going to learn how to love the world. We're going to get really, really good at it. Some of you, I mean, you don't even know, you can't even spell love and you're just going to just get so in love with the world. You're going to be like, I don't know why I love all these people. You're going to walk in Kroger and you're going to be like, I used to hate going to Kroger. Now I'm just like, I just witnessed to everybody because God is just so good to me over in the marshmallow aisle. Praise God. Love the world. The Bible says that he vexed the church. Verse 4, and when he apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers, 16 soldiers. Peter was so scary to the devil that he took 16 people. And he said, I want 16 people to watch over him. He put him with uh, four quaternions of soldiers to keep him attended after Easter to bring him forth uh, to the people. Verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer, everybody say, but prayer. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The first step in you getting that family member back is prayer. You pray and you believe God. And when you don't see any results, you pray and you believe God. And you pray in faith. And the way you pray in faith is if you can add this line to the end of every prayer that you pray, it's a good prayer. And that's exactly how I would like it to be. When you pray in faith... It is agreeing with what God said. In other words, he says, you and your whole house will be saved in Jesus' name and that's exactly how I would like it to be. You pray without ceasing. Peter goes to prison. He's, he's, he's being held by 16 different soldiers that are all ready to cut his throat at the, at the drop of a hat. And the church begins to pray without ceasing for him. And while they're praying, the Bible says, when Herod would have brought him out, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and the keepers before the door that kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And the Bible says his chains fell off of his hands. Here's the situation. Peter's in prison. There's 16 people watching him. He's between, he's between two soldiers. He, he's, he's bound in chains. The Bible says that, that there's people watching, there's people watching the door. The Bible says he's sleeping and he's sleeping so hard that when the angel of the Lord came into the room and a great bright light shined, Peter was sleeping so soundly that he didn't even wake up. The angel of the Lord literally had to hit him and wake him up. God will give you peace that surpasses all of your prison understanding. You can be, I don't care if you're surrounded by 16 soldiers. I don't care if you're in chains. I don't care if your family's not living right, not doing right, not serving God. God can give you peace that surpasses all of your understanding. It doesn't have to make sense to your mind for your spirit man to be built up. 
The Bible says that the angel had to slap him and wake him up. Number one, if you're taking notes, if you're going to get your family back, you've got to learn to have peace wherever you are. Your journey is not their journey. Your journey is not their journey. Where you are is not where they are. They're coming. But it might not be where they are today. Your job is to trust the same God that has kept you for this long. And the only way you trust Him is to rest in His peace that goes past any of... Peter's got no reason to have peace. His buddy was just killed. They're planning on killing him uh, the next morning. And he's sound asleep. So much so that the angel had to hit him to wake him up. The Bible says that his chains fell off his hands. Verse 8. The angel said unto him, Gird yourself. Everybody say, Gird yourself. If any of you guys walk in here with a girdle next week, we're going to have a problem. Gird yourself and bind on your sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast your garment, put your jacket on, and follow me. Number two. If you're going to get your family back, you've got to get moving. The angel said to him, he said, get up, get dressed, and follow me. You can't look at your situation like it's your destination. Your situation is where you are. It's not where you're going. Don't you mully in the, oh, poor pitiful me. Everybody's against me. Nothing ever works out my way. It's not true. Nobody, everybody's not against you. And if God be for you, who can stand against you anyway? Everybody's not against you. Everybody's not. No, nobody's trying to leave you out. You're not, you're not missing everything. The world's not passing you by. Get up, get dressed, and get moving. The Bible said the angel told him, he said, get up, get yourself together, and follow me. Verse 9, he went out and followed him, and he wasn't sure if what was happening was really happening or if he was in a vision. God's about to do something in your life that you're not even going to be able to tell if you're awake or not. This has happened to me before. I've literally sometimes just been like, man, I just don't even know if I'm awake right now. Something so good is happening. My wife is one of those things. I have the, my, she's the kind of person, she doesn't have any guile in her. She's no, she's not vile. She's not mean. On my bad days, she seems to love me more. It's just, just this crazy thing. Sometimes I think, man, am I even Am I even awake right now? There's no way that I have any, I haven't even come close to deserving this. God's about to do something in 2017 in your life that you're going to have to pinch yourself. Just pinch your neighbor real hard right now. So you're going to have to pinch yourself. God's going to do something so good. So good. You're not even going to know if you're awake. The Bible says he wasn't sure if he was even awake or if he was in a vision. When, when they passed the first and the second ward, that's the person who was watching them. That's the person who should have been watching them. When they passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. The gate was locked but opened itself. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from them. Here's the thing. They went, through the, went past the first guard and the second guard and then they went through the gate that they shouldn't have been able to walk through. Let me just say it differently. God's going to take you past who should be able to stop you and He's going to take you through what should be able to stop you. He's going to take you through 
what should be able to stop you. And he's going to take you past who should be able to stop you. Some of you, you have a, 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 an executive or, a, or an employer or a, or a business partner that should be able to stop you. That your rise uh, in your business, your career, uh, maybe your education, something should be able to stop you. But God's just going to go, no, I'm going to take you right past that. I don't care what anybody says about you. I'm going to take you right past. They should have been able to stop him. Then when you come to that gate, maybe your gate's like this. Maybe, maybe it's you don't have a college degree and they're only hiring people for that position for people who have a college degree and all of a sudden you're going to walk in and, and the Bible says that the door's just going to open by itself. He's going to take you past who should stop you and he's going to take you through what should stop you. Maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe you want a college degree. Maybe you're going to be the first person in your family to go get an education. And there's 800 reasons why you shouldn't be able to. Can't get in, don't have enough hours, don't have this, don't, whatever, fill in the blank. God's going to take you right through and you're going to walk up to the gate and from a distance it's going to look locked. And you're going to be like, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make it. You're going to be thinking that. But every time you have that thought, you're going to go, no, you know, he's the God that opens doors nobody can close. He's the God that opens doors nobody can close. And before you get to the gate, the gate's just going to swing open. You're going to be like, whoa. That's because we're going to get it all back. Bump your neighbor and say, we're getting it all back. You're going to go past who should stop you, and you're going to go through what should stop you. The Bible says he went out in the street, and the angel left him. When the angel left him, now Peter, when he came to himself, because he just realized, okay, of a surety, the Lord has sent an angel and delivered me. He realized he wasn't sleeping. He delivered me out of the hand of, of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Somebody say expectation. There are people that are expecting you to fail. But they don't have the final say. You will not fail. You will not quit. You will not grow weary in well-doing. And in due season, you are going to get back everything the enemy took from you. Everything. You will not fail. Come on, just say that. Say, I will not fail. I will not quit and I will receive everything the enemy took from me in Jesus' name. Everything is coming back. All your stuff, all your peace, all your fruit. Come on, some of you are about to get your money back. Some of you, it's been, it's been, I'm getting this real strong, it's been held up in probate. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. Some of you, it's a family member, and before the week's over, you're going to get that phone call. Before the week's over, you're going to get that phone call. I just, I just, I just, God's just doing so much in my life. And you're going to be trying not to laugh because you knew God was going to do it all along. Why are you laughing at me? I don't know. God's just so good. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we have to be prudes. It's the joy of the Lord that gives us strength, you know. So the scripture said when he came to himself, he's like, man, the angel of the Lord just delivered me. And everything that everybody was, everybody, everybody just thought, oh man, Peter's going to die after Easter. It's going to be terrible. And all of a sudden, Peter finds himself completely set free. And everything that everybody was expecting didn't happen. That ought to sound real familiar in some of y'all's life. Some of y'all are supposed to be in jail right now and everybody was expecting it. But here you are in the house of God, loving the Lord, serving the Lord. 
<laughs> and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Some Bibles just call the guy John Mark. Where many were gathered together praying. Remember, the Bible said when they found out Peter was thrown in prison, they started praying for him without ceasing. So there's this prayer meeting where they're all praying for Peter. And the Bible says that Peter knocked on the door of the gate and a damsel came to, to hearken named Rhoda. Everybody say Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate. She didn't open the door for gladness, meaning it was so good she completely forgot what she was doing. Some of you are going to have something happen in your life this year that's so good you're going to completely forget what you were doing. This is a true story. Sometimes I'll be driving and I'll wake up like five miles past where I was going. Like sleeping, driving. No, not sleeping. I just forget what I'm doing. I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm magnifying God. I've said that before. And somebody from the church not too long ago, they they stopped me. They're like, you know what? You're you're telling the truth, aren't you? I said, well, I try to. Praise the Lord. They said, well, I got behind you on the highway the other day. And the speed limit was like 70. You went like 30 the whole time. And I was like, well, I'm sorry about that. And they said, well, I finally got to where I could pass you. You're just shouting and screaming in your car. And I said, I know the Lord is so good. I forgot what I was doing. I'm just driving. It's a speed limit. It's not a minimum. I can drive how fast I want to drive, praise the Lord. I'm just driving. Something's going to happen in your life so good that you're just going to forget what you were doing. It's just going to be so good. In other words... Your relationship is coming back and you're going to forget what broke it in the first place. You're going to forget. What, what were we even arguing about? Doesn't matter. It's over. Now we're back. Now we're back. What, what were we even frustrated with each other? What, what, was, what happened? It doesn't matter. It's over. We're done with it. Not thinking about it. We're back. It's going to be so good you're going to forget what you were doing. So, so, so Peter, the Bible says that, that, that he came and knocked on the door where they're having a prayer meeting and they're praying. Here's what they're praying. Oh God, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Would you please move on our behalf one more time? Your servant, St. Peter, he's in bonds right now, Lord. Sixteen soldiers are sitting around him. They got him in chains, praise the Lord. They're trying to get him, but oh, we know you can do it. And there's a knock at the door, and everybody's just praying. And Rhoda's like, is somebody, is somebody knocking at the door? Oh, God, we don't have time for people knocking on doors right now because you're shaking the heavens and the earth. Oh, move on our behalf. Bring us our Peter home, Lord God. And Rhoda's like, but I think I hear somebody knocking at the door, though. Oh, God, I just think yeah, that this uh, little damsel Rhoda is going to get so mature in you that she'll start ignoring people that are knocking on the door and believe God with us that Peter might be released from said prison. And Rhoda's like, well, I don't want to be rude, though. Maybe somebody ordered pizza. I don't know. Praise the Lord. And she goes, and she's like, who is it? And Peter's like, yo, it's me, Peter. And Rhoda's like, ah! And she goes back to the people, and she's like, guys, for real. And they're like, in the name that is above every name that can be named. And Rhoda's like, but for real, in the name. Rhoda, leave us alone. In the name that is above every, but I'm telling you, in the name. And Rhoda's like, but Peter's outside. And they're like, Rhoda, we have not prayed enough for God to move yet. Can I say it differently? They were praying 
and they didn't even believe the answer when it showed up. Here's why that's good news for you and me. He said, if you'll just have faith, you don't, listen, faith the size of an elephant is wonderful, but you don't have to have faith the size of an elephant. Just the size of a mustard seed. And since most of you don't look like mustard farmers, I'll describe it to you. It's more like a grain of sand. If you'll just have faith the size of a grain of sand, I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it doesn't sound like it. But if you can just, just by faith, just believe that much, you can look at a mountain and you can tell the mountain to get out of your way. And my Bible says you can have whatsoever you say. The Bible says they were praying and when the answer showed up, they didn't even believe it. Take the little bit of faith you got and put it to work and watch how fast God makes that faith strong come on give God a big hand of praise Rhoda said he's here they're like no and here's what they said this is going to blow your mind they're like it's not Peter it's his angel so they got enough faith to believe that an angel's standing at the door but they don't have enough faith to believe that God can deliver Peter out of prison These are people who knew Jesus. These are people who watched and saw Jesus crucified. These are people who knew him to be alive. Yet they didn't have enough faith to believe he could make chains fall off and doors swing open. I'm not mad at them. I'm trying to let you off the hook because you have felt guilty because my faith is so tiny and God's saying, that's all I need to work with. Just give me a little faith. Just take that little mustard seed of faith and point it in the correct direction. He said, but but how do I make my faith stronger? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You're in church on a Sunday morning. You're going to leave out of here glowing white hot with faith. Daring Monday morning to get here. I wish you would come up sunshine. They didn't even have enough faith to believe that what they were asking for was actually happening when she knew Peter's voice she didn't open the gate for gladness ran in and told Peter told how Peter stood before the gate and they said unto her you are mad or you're crazy how many people told you you're crazy in your life most of them are right but she constantly somebody say constantly she affirmed that it was even so they said it's his angel But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. See, do you remember when Peter was coming out of prison? The gate opened by itself. But for Peter to go in, he had to knock. See, God will deliver you and he will swing the gate open wide. And you can walk straight out of whatever bondage you're in. But if you want to go deeper, if you really want to see the hand of God move, it requires some knocking. The Bible says Peter comes out of prison. The gate swung open wide. He walks through the street. He gets to the house where the prayer meetings happen. He knocks. The Bible says that Rhoda gets excited, goes back, forgets to open the door. But Peter didn't stop knocking. Peter kept knocking. Jesus said this. He says, if you'll knock, the door will open. 
Well, what do I do? I've been knocking. Well, keep knocking. Let me tell you what you'll experience in God. Everything you desire to experience in God and not much more. He will deliver you by swinging the gate. But if you want to go deeper, you have to seek. If you want to go deeper, you have to knock. If you want to go deeper, you have to pursue. When Peter, when the door didn't open, Peter didn't stop knocking. When the door didn't open, Peter didn't slow down knocking. No, he knocked, get this. I'll tell you exactly how long he knocked. He knocked until the door was opened. If you're taking notes, this is the last point. The way you get them back is to never, never quit knocking. Some of you, what's, what's so wonderful about a doorway is you have at the bottom of the door what we call a threshold. And you can be two inches on one side of the threshold. But immediately when you step through the door, you've only moved two inches. But you're in a completely different location. You see, knocking is what causes the door to open. Let me give you one example. Spiritual things, spiritual gifts, maybe even being baptized in the Holy Spirit the way the book of Acts talks about. If you've spent your life saying, oh, that's not real, that's not for me, that's old, you know, that stopped happening 100 years ago, that's not true, number one. But if you've spent your whole life doing that and you've never knocked, there's a good chance you're never going to step through that threshold. But if you'll knock, Hey, you can go as deep in this thing. If you want to stay in the shallows and you just want to go to heaven, you can do that. Or you can find out God will use you. God will speak to you. God will show you great and mighty things that will totally expand your horizons where you begin to think far outside of, I just want to be saved. And you start thinking like he thought, God so loved the world. We're not building this church for church folk. We're building this church so that the lost can come here and be saved. So that sick people can come here and be healed. It's not about us. It stopped being about us when we said yes to Jesus. Now it's about people that don't know him. In other words, to know him and then to make him known. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. And in the summer of 2017, we're getting it all back. And the Peters in your life that are bound with stocks and chains. And you, you even say this. You say, it's that crowd they're with. Peter was surrounded by 16 people that were against him and God still set him free. It's that crowd they're with. You're right. They shouldn't be around them. But God's still going to deliver them. Maybe some of them will even come out with them. Maybe not. But they're coming out. All that stuff. And what's going to happen is you're going to do this. You're going to have the peace that passes all your, stand to your feet. You're going to have the peace that passes all of your understanding. You're going to get up. You're going to get dressed. You're going to get busy. You're going to get moving. You're going to see the hand of God move. And God's going to open doors that nobody else can close. And before it's over, you're going to get back everybody that has been stolen from you relationally.
Close your eyes and bow your heads, please. Lord, we magnify you today in this house. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. I thank you that this has been such a great year. So many testimonies of people getting what was stolen back. But today we're going to stand and we're going to believe you that our family's coming back, our friends, those who are close to us. We're going to believe you until they show up. We're going to knock till that door swings wide. But before we go into that, if you're here today and you're not right with God, you, you don't know where you stand with Him. That's a scary place to be. Because eternity it shows up for everybody. But the Bible says that if you'll give your life to Jesus, if you'll exchange your life of failures for His life of victories, he won't just save your soul. He'll give you a new life here as well as an eternity in heaven with Him. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision, but you sense the Lord saying, I love you. That's what He would say. If, you, if He walked in here today, He would just walk up to you and say, I just love you. I really do. And I'll just be honest with you. So do I. Maybe you'd say differently. Maybe you'd say, I used to walk strong with him. I did. I had a great encounter with him at one point in my life, but somehow or another I've backslidden. I'm like the prodigal son. I've fallen away from him. Even if he's my savior, I'm not certain I've been a good friend to him, but I just want to come home. And by home, I just mean I want to be back in his loving arms because this Jesus whom we love, he changes everything about your current life and everything about your future life. And he wipes your previous life away as if it never happened. If you're here today and you're not right with God or you've never said yes to Jesus or maybe you'd say it differently you said I used to walk strong with him but I, I am that backslidden person nobody's looking around I'm not here to embarrass anybody but I do want to give you a chance to meet Jesus if that's you and you want to give your heart to Jesus today for the first time or maybe fresh and new when I count to three I want you to boldly lift your hand up and with an uplifted hand you're just saying oh God remember me and you really will it's not a game it's not a joke Every single thing we've talked about today was in hopes that you would hear this. Every song, every light bulb, every camera we buy is in hopes that you would give your heart to Jesus because you need Him. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand and be bold about it. One, two, three, lift your hands. Lift them tall and hold them up. I see that hand, 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 thank you. I will love you, God. Every hand lifted now. To you my hands are raised. My pride, a living sacrifice. You are my delight.
gift. Now we're going to sing that again, but before we do, we're going to pray. If you lifted your hand to accept Jesus, I want you to pray this after me from the bottom of your heart. Not like you're talking to me, like you're talking to Him. How do you talk to God? Like you would talk to your best friend because that's what He is. That's what He wants to be. Come on, church, help us pray. Everybody together, say this. Say, oh God, I come to you now. Please save me. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Give me a new life. I want to be a Christian. And I want to live for you for the rest of my life and for all eternity. Thank you, God, for saving me. I believe Jesus died and he rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, give God a big hand of praise. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.